0: this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will
1: enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior.
0: This morning, there's something, there's a few things very dear to my heart and I think in my Christian walk with the Lord, there, it's the Word of God is very, very close to me because the Word of God transforms us, it changes us, it renews our minds, it convicts us, it convinces us of things. Um, and I thought this morning, I don't want to come and preach here, I just want to come and remind you what God says in His Word, His Word does in our lives. Because we as Christians, we get often so relaxed. And we forget what the Word of God means to us. We run after the healings and the wow encounters. And with that, per se, there's nothing wrong. But then we neglect the very Word of God, where all those miraculous moves and encounters come from. And um, I like the story in 1996. Who was matric in 1996? (laughs) Robert wanted to put up his hand. Okay, so put up your hands. 1996. Only two. Only one. Who was 16 at, in 1996. Ah. Who got married in 1996. Oh, good. Okay. So I don't know if you guys... I don't know if you guys will know the story then... But in 1996, there was a group of young men that went to climb Mount Everest. And um, halfway to the summit, they, saw, they discovered a guy that fell and was half dead, half alive. They, they weren't sure whether this young man is, is going to make it. And this young man told this group of young people on their way up, they were on their way down, and the rest of the group died. He's the only survivor and the coach of or, or the leader of the group. And the leader decided he needs to get down. Um, and when he got down, he forgot about the guy that fell halfway down the mountain. And I think it's trauma, so let's not blame him. But this group of young men had to decide. What did we come to do? We had to come to climb Mount Everest. We didn't come to rescue one man's life. We've paid a lot of money for this and let's do what we've said we're going to do. So they left this young man and just went climbing. And whenever I think of the story, it saddens me to think that we as Christians very much became like that. We only want to go for the stage and the preaching and the wild factors of Christianity. Mountaintop experiences. But we really forget about the poor, the needy, the quiet times with Christ, investing in our spiritual lives. And that is what I want to speak on this morning, the seed of the word. What does the word of God teach us? Who knows? Don't put up the next slide yet. Who knows what the Bible stands for? Yes, (laughs) Henny? Yes. Basic instruction before leaving earth. If that is not... If we can't use the Bible as our, our instruction manual. You know what happens to us? Two years, two Decembers ago, our washing machine broke. Now, in December, you don't want your washing machine to break. Right? So... I said to Mac, there is no way that we're buying a washing machine over December. We're fixing this one. After a whole lot of trouble, we realized we need a new washing machine. So I said to him, okay, leave this over to me. I'm going to go to game. I want exactly the same one. I don't want to read the instruction manual. I don't want to ask anybody for help. I'm just going to connect the pipes and that's it. Okay, so they delivered the washing machine. I took the plastic off, connected the pipes, put it on. Mm, can't figure out how it works. The buttons looks, it looked the same, but it didn't work the same. So I, with the package and everything, I didn't need the instruction manual, you see, so, uh, because, I mean, it's obvious. You can figure it out. So I had to go scratch through the dustbin to find the instruction manual again. Tried to program this thing. Doesn't work. What do you do if you can't figure it out, don't understand the instruction manual, what do you do then? Help! You phone the man who services the machine. And, and the Word of God works like that. We often take the Word of God and we say, mm, it's not that important, just put it in the dustbin. And we forget it, about it there. And and then we go scratch for the instruction manual. But we're so far behind that we can't figure out how it's working. So we have to call the man that services us. And it normally has to start with repentance at that stage. But to tell you a very interesting story that I discovered that day, I realize a washing machine, forgive me guys, has an outlet and an inlet. Apparently, a machine doesn't work if the water can't come in or the water doesn't go out. Okay, it's very logic, but I sort of didn't put two and two together. And then I realized another thing. If we are we, you and I as Christians, we're the washing machines. We don't work if we don't have an outlet and if we don't have an inlet. Can't be one way. We need an outlet and an inlet. And the... the, the water is the Holy Spirit, and the washing powder is the Word of God that cleanses us. It's not only the one, it's all of it. So the Bible is there not for information, but for transformation. It transforms us, it changes us. Who is here uh, saved longer than 30 years? 30. 30. Okay, so can I ask you, are you today the same person you were then? Not at all. Because transformation took place. Who's saved longer than 15 years? Are you guys still the same than what you were? So why not? Why did you change? Do you have a personality um, disorder? What happened? The Word of God transforms us. So this morning we're going to, to chat about what does God's word do when we spend time in the word of God? What happens to us? The first scripture is John, 1 John 4 verse 18. It says, such love has not fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced perfect love. Who in this room has, in your lifespan, received a love letter? Love letters? Oh, I know. Just hear the crowds. I go, uh. You know, when you read that letter, you drink everything in and you believe everything he says. And you want to tell everyone around you what he said about you. Am I right? Guys, when she writes, you're the strongest and the wisest, you're like, hey, buddy, you won't believe it. <laughs> Christine thinks, um, uh, am I right? <laughs> you just believe it. There is no doubt in your mind of it. But when we read the word of God, God is very clear that he says we struggle with a whole lot of fear because we don't understand fully Understand his love. So we have to, I hope, that the Spirit of God inspires you this morning that you go back and read God's promises and read the love letters in the Word of God. There's an expiry date on every product that you buy. But there's no expiry date on the promises and the Word of God. If God has given you a promise in 1991, that promise in your life has not expired God says, I'm not a man that I should lie. So I want us to close our eyes and pray and trust Holy Spirit that you will be inspired to truly, and I'm being serious now, get, five o'clock, get up five o'clock in the morning and have quiet time. Now we had a marriage enrichment course. So let me just tell you something while my husband and I do marriage enrichment courses. We nearly killed each other the five, seven years of our marriage. The, the fact that you see either one of us alive today is a godly miracle. We were missionaries, we both stubborn, we both go-getters, and it was just chaos. And then we made the first decision we made in our marriage. We said, every morning, five o'clock, hell or high water, holiday or not. We get up every morning, five o'clock, and I get up. Love ah, The stupid rules of yours. But by six o'clock, I'm fired up. I'm ready to wake the alarm clock up. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because the word of God stirs something fresh in us. And I want to trust the Holy Spirit this morning that God will come and impart some of that seed in your hearts, in your spirit this morning, that you will be inspired, disciplined. We, for the last 15 years, we get up 5 o'clock in the morning. We, we do go back to bed and sleep when we're on holiday. But you know what? It's, you see the sun come up. You experience something of Christ that you cannot explain in words. But whenever you go through something difficult in that day, you just know There's truth stored up. I had a moment with Christ this morning. I know who my God is. So let's close our eyes. Can we all stand? It's so cold, we need to stand. And may may I be very bossy and say, can we lift up our hands to the Lord and say, Lord, just come fill us. Just come fill us, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, this morning as Christians, we want to surrender to you, and we, we want to say, Lord, we neglect you, the lover of our souls. And before we carry on, we just want to repent. We want to repent, Father, that, because you stand at our doors and you knock, and we don't open the door. We don't invite you in. This morning, Jesus, we want to invite you in. Holy Spirit, we want to invite you in. And we want to ask your Holy Spirit that you will come and do beyond what get preached here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So the first thing is, and I hope you've got a notebook and a pen and you're making notes. Okay, I'm still old school. I believe that your grade one teacher taught you to read and write so that you can remember. Remember. Okay, so notebook and pen, take it out. Why do you want to read the word of God? Why on earth does any normal human being want to get up five o'clock in the morning to have quiet time? Let me share with you why. God's word is like seed. And the seed you plant, I grew, I grew up on a farm, and, and you won't believe what I'm going to share with you now, but my dad... Plants corn, but he never harvests barley. Won't believe it? Shocking. He puts corn in the soil and there's a corn harvest coming up, not barley. Can you believe it? Because you know what? A seed only multiplies after its own kind. If God says, My word is like seed, that seed is going to multiply in your life after its own kind. God's word is like seed. Let's read. It's quite a bit of reading, and I want you to follow. Luke 8, 5 to 11. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some feed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on. And the birds ate it. Okay, so here is a Christian that spent time with the Word of God, received the seed, our hearts my, say, My heart is the field, God's Word is the seed. Okay, so what on earth is going on here? So some feet f- uh, fell on footpath where it was step on, and the birds ate it. You know what that is? It's those Christians that spend time in the Word every six weeks, three months. So you receive the Word of God, but there's not, it's not enough substance to grow. Okay, so let's carry on. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Okay, so we said your heart is the the field. Am I right? We said that. So here is a heart that is rock hard, full of unforgiveness, full of resentment, full of bitterness. We said in the beginning, the water is Holy Spirit, lack of moisture. Presence of Holy Spirit isn't there. So you're reading the word of God. But there's too little moisture. It's too little presence of the Holy Spirit because you have this intimate relationship with unforgiveness. You have this intimate relationship with your hatred and your resentment. So there's a little bit of that seed that grows, but then it can't expand because you're cherishing other things in your heart. Okay, and the, um, among the thorns, that is, that is other stuff. Too much TV. Too much technology, too much whatever. Be honest with yourself this morning, fill the gap. Too much what? So we also read the word of God, but other things are actually more important. Verse 8, still other seed fell on fertile soil. Who wants a heart that receives the word of God with fertile soil? Look what's going to happen to you. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. So you have spent every five o'clock the last year, 365 days, you have spent time with the Word of God. You know what God says? Multiply 365 times 100. You are stored up. What is that scripture? Scripture. Shaken together, pressed down, running over. You have seed that multiplied a hundred times after its own kind. Godly seed, seed of purity, seed of wisdom, seed with the presence of the the, uh, word of God, seed of anointing, everything we so desperately want in our lives. God says, just come to my word. I always wanted to be an evangelist. My husband laughs at me. We go on an airplane and um, I don't sit next to him because we, we leave the airplane with 20 extra friends that really come visit us. They, uh, uh, you know Mac, who has ever heard Mac speaking on a telephone? You hear him like three miles away. This is like, he gets so excited. It's like, Henny, how are you, my friend? He speaks like that on an airplane as well. So we normally go. (laughs) And he shares the gospel. And then at one point, I said to my husband, I also want to be that bold. I also just want to share Jesus with people. So he said, start practicing it. So I'm sharing the gospel with people. And they go, "Um, so you were trying to say? And I'm like, and I, and I learned it off by heart. Mac would teach me how to do it. I would learn it off by heart and do it. And then I say, okay, my husband will explain to you. And he goes, da 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 And they go, wow, why didn't you say that? And I'm like, I said exactly that rhyme. So I went, Lord, I just want to be a little bit evangelistic. So the Lord said to me, come to my word. You will know what to do when because there will be seed stored up. I don't like visiting sick people in hospital. I'm one of those. Hi, young George. My God, what am I supposed to do? But you know what? If you spend time in the Word of God, you're just comfortable because there's there's something behind you coming to pray for the sick. There's something you stored up. You're a store room for the Word of God. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So God is saying this morning, Christians, listen, go do this. His disciple asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. When We spend time in the word of God. And we allow God's word and promises and love letters to transform us. He says, You know what, Wendy? When you come in my presence, I'm going to share you my secrets about Henny and Larissa. And I'm going to, you permitted to know that because I want you to pray for them because they're in my heart. Because I've appointed them in this church. I'm going to share, He shares our secrets with us. And He says, It's not because you're special. Because you have permission. Amazing, eh? But I use parables to teach that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't see. When they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of this parable. The seed is God's word. I want you to make a note on your piece of paper. What are you going to trust God? Will happen in your life. As you read the word of God and you receive the seed of the word of God. And you know what? Proverbs says, be careful what is in your heart. Because it it determines the direction of your life. Guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. If God's seed is not in your heart, how do we know what is in somebody's heart? They say it. They speak about it. And then, and then you say to somebody, listen, I think, I think you need to forgive your mother. No, 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 I've forgiven her. Um, no. There's another seed that's growing out of your mouth. Okay. And can I just say, do not replace any other book with the word of God. Nothing zilt zero. If you're not reading the Bible, you're reading no other book. Even on top of that, I'm sorry for the technology, technology technology, junkies. Don't read the Word of God on your tablet or on your cell phone. Can I tell you why not? Who's got a cell phone here? I want to borrow it quickly. Thanks. Because you're going to read the Word of God and you go, Oh, yeah, George sent me an SMS, I think. I think this is important, God. No, no, no. Okay, wait, wait, let me just organize with him. Okay, young George, I'm actually busy with quiet time. And then young George replies, because this is now serious. You're like, okay, okay, God, this is really important. He's my boss. And you reply. And then before you know it, you were busy with this, convincing yourself you had a quiet time. Take out your journal. Be, be old school. Please be old school. Take out your Bible, have a journal, make notes. What does the Holy Spirit drop in your heart this morning? Who are you praying for? What are you doing? What did the Holy Spirit remind you of this morning? okay? When you just follow the reading plan on you version like this is a book okay it is you, you're just actually following some somebody else's plan, okay. Did you know that God's word is like snow and like rain? Let's read it. Isaiah 55, verse 10. It says, The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. We used to live for a short while of our lives in Russia, we were there in winter. You will not believe it. A snowflake really looks like the way they draw it on pictures. Amazing. any case, irrelevant info. And you know what? In the morning 8 o'clock, it is pitch black dark in Moscow. At 4 o'clock, it's pitch black dark in Moscow. It's gray look around, and it's just snowing and snowing. And snowing, and snowing. It doesn't feed the plants. doesn't provide more water. Okay? S- Rain, on the other hand, fills the dams. It gives, f- it gives food to plants. Have you seen in the Karoo in the Free State? It's dry. And then one night it rains and everything turns dry. Turns green. It's an instant reaction to the rain. God says, My word is like that. Look, look at the next scripture. God says there's a season and there's something in season and out of season. Now, often we as Christians we stop spending time in the Word of God because we're in the snow season of our lives. We're just reading the word. We're just reading the word. I'm just reading the Word. Oh, it's really nothing good come of this, reading the Word. This is like a snow. God says my Word is like snow. I'm just layering it for you, layer upon layer upon layer. You know what happens when that snow melts? Oh, my goodness. Supply of water. All of a sudden, there's just access to water everywhere. We, as Christians, we want to get stuck at God's, Lord, send us rain. Because there's instant reaction, instant goosebumps, instant word of knowledge. Am I right? We only want to say, "Mm, no, Lord, please don't let your word be like snow. Please, Lord, let your word be like rain. But God says, my word is like snow and like rain. Why? 2 uh, Timothy 4 verse to preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. You need to preach the word of God whether you're in a snow season or whether you are in a rain season. Why? The seed that falls in your heart still multiplies a hundredfold. We cannot... Depend how effective God's word is in our life based on our emotions. Because if we had to do that, 99% of people in this room will never have quiet time. Never spend time in the word of God because we will be too tired, too sad, too hungry, whatever gets our attention. So God says preach the word of God in season and out of season when it's a good time, or when, it, when it's a bad time, he says, what should be doing in that time? Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with what? Good teaching. Not Henny's teaching on Sunday. Hello, aren't you spending time in the Word of God? You know what else happens when you diligently spend time in the Word of God? You go to church on Sunday, and you're like, oh my word. God spoke to me about that thing on Sunday. And he really hears from the word of God. Absolutely, he hears from God. But now all of a sudden you've realigned and you get excited. And you willing to put your hand to the plow and say, this church is going somewhere. I don't care whether we have nice curtains, bad coffee, good coffee, um, whether I like the way we take up our offering or not. No ways. I'm focused on what God has for this church because my heart is stored up with his seed. And I am ready in season and out of season. Forgive me. Henny's going to reprimand me hectically after this week. But I go to people and say, Wendy, what will you do? help us with announcements on Sunday? And then, not." she won't say this, but then people say, let me go pray about it, Nordine. I'm like, what do you want to pray about? Wait, wait I'm asking you announcements? Did, did you understand this correctly? Yes, I just want to pray about it. I'm like... No, you're serving here. Come on. You've got the word of God in your heart. This, this is just, hello, we're having small group on Wednesday. What do you want to pray about? Put your hand to the plow. Get involved in. Align with the word of God. God's word is like fire. Now, this is the one we don't like. Jeremiah 23, verse 29. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Love this. You're spending time in the word of God and you go, I'm never going to see my mother again. I will not speak to her. she had gone too far. No ways. No ways. Now, in the Cape in summer this year, we had huge fires. And, f- and the fire came to destroy nature, animals, houses. But you must go to the Cape now. The plants are healthy. And that is what happens when we spend time in the Word of God. God's word comes one day and say, "Enough! I'm go- going to burn all this rubbish away in your life, all the wheat in your heart, all these thorns.!" <sighs> And you're like, oh, this is so heavy. Henny, Rochelle, Young George, Christine, Alex is on. Please pray for me. This is so hot. No, 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 no. Embrace it. God's word burns like fire everything away. And when fire is over, it produces. My folks farm with balls. They export it. And they protect their field against fire all the time. This year, fire just came and destroyed everything. So I spoke to my dad. Two weekends ago, and I said to him, shoo, sure, it still looks terrible. He says, you must see the quality of flowers they're producing. We've never had such good quality. That is after the fire. If the fire doesn't come, there is no way a farmer can produce that good quality flowers. Amazing. And God says, when you spend time in my word, my, my word will burn like fire. Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? God's word is like a hammer. You're going to F4 and you're very sceptical, and you're like, oh yeah, we're going to worship. And Jesus loves me, yes I know, for the Bible tells me so. And that is your worship. And then the more word you, you hear, you're like, I'm fired up. I'm ready for the storm. And And even... If you're a Christian for 20 years, you just like, I'm so emotional. I don't know what's going on. God's word just came and smashed every heart, every dry place open in your heart. God says, God, this is God's word. God says, I'm the person that can turn a heart of rock into a heart of flesh. So if we have hearts like rocks, his word will come like a hammer and smash it to pieces. So that he can circumcise our hearts again. So when you struggle with unforgiveness. And you struggle with resentment. And you struggle with offense. You can go for counseling. But please make sure you spend time in the word of God. Because God's word will come like a hammer. God is in the business of purifying hearts. He's committed to us. Well-known one, Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Is there any darkness anywhere in your life? Spend time in the word of God because he says, my word will be the lamp at your feet. You will have a runway. You will be the airplane and you will see There's a light on the path. This is the way I should go. Isaiah says, you will hear a voice behind you saying, go to the left or go to the right. That's not a miraculous supernatural thing. You need to have the seed of God, spending time with the lover of your soul to hear that voice, to have that lamp at your feet. In Stellenbosch. One evening, friends of ours, daughter, is second year at Varsity, and she was attacked. And she came to me the next morning. She said, Danny, I was attacked. And they stole everything. I said, where did you walk? She says, no, I took shortcut through the, uh, through the dark. I said, but are you stupid? Even the word of God says, make sure there's light at your feet. Why? Otherwise, if there's not a lamp at your feet, you're going to trip over things. You're going to fall. The enemy will attack you, and you will not see him even coming. When we spend time in the Word of God, His Word is the lamp at our feet and the light on our path. We're not going to walk in darkness. If there's darkness in your life, realign, readjust, change route, get back to the Word of God so that His lamp can enlighten your path. I know that we pray for faith. I actually wanted to check this with Henny beforehand. We pray for, Lord, please Please, Lord, I just want faith, more faith. Faith gets built as we read the word of God. It's not a lucky packet. Romans 10 verse 17. So faith comes from hearing that is the good news about Christ. It's not a lucky packet that you open up. Oh, I've just, oh my goodness. Faith, faith. Jesus gave me faith. no. We don't pray for more faith. Faith gets built as we hear the Word of God, as we go to small group, as we go to Bible school, as we are in church on a Sunday, as we spend time in the Word of God. Our faith gets built. Why? We learn to align our lives to the Word of God and not to the way of the world. Uh, We have a pastor's couple. We've been friends for donkeys years. They're pastoring a church in um, Cape Town. And... um, and he said the other day, George said to Mac and myself, I have feet of class, said, that is nonsense. The word of God says, he will make you walk safe in high places like a deer. That is what happens. Our faith gets built because all of a sudden we know what the word of God says and we go, mm, I hear what you're saying, but I believe this way because there's a light at my path, at my foot, and, my, and there's light on my path. Okay, it's a good place to say amen. You all stare at me. When we spend time in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit's work gets activated in our lives. Humans can reproduce human life. I see you at church with a lot of babies. Jesus didn't give birth to those babies, humans did. Jesus gives birth to spiritual life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And that is salvation. But when we spend time in the word of God, do you know that salvation and giving your life to Jesus is not the same? Because I have to go back to Jesus daily and say, Lord, I lay my life down. I give my life to you today. It's an ongoing. But when I spend time with the word of God, God births something within me. I go out with expectation. You know what happened to David when he stopped serving the purpose for his generation? Do you know what happened? He died. The Word of God says so. When David stopped serving the purpose of God in his own generation, he died and was buried. When you and I stop serving the purposes of God in our own generation, we die. We die spiritually as well. I love the story of of the boy with the five loaves of bread and two fish. There's a little boy with um, these 12 disciples and Jesus. And they were quite comfortable. We think we're the age of comfort. Oh, they were a lazy bunch, hey? Listen to this. They go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, it's it's lunchtime. These boys are now hungry. Jesus says, you feed them. Come on, come on. I've given you substance, faith, the activation of the Holy Spirit. Come on, you feed them. They go, oh, no, Lord, They can just order online on their cell phones, and there's a few shops around the corner. They actually said it. They said, Lord, no, but there's a town, and they can can go find it themselves. And Jesus says to them, what have we got? In other words, if you don't know what your purpose is, what, what do you have in your hands? And one of them said, there's a boy here with five loaves of bread and two fish, sardines, not salmon. Sardines, okay. And Jesus took it, broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, go. You see, that's Jesus' way. When you take godly seed, it multiplies a hundred times after its own kind. But you know what is significant of that story to me? They had to go to the younger generation to supply the older generation. When we spend time in the word of God, there's the interaction of the purposes of generation. And only the Holy Spirit comes in our quiet times and speaks to us about those things. The fact that you prayed for the little ones this morning, I'm going to reprimand you just a little bit. I was shocked that the whole church didn't gather around the people. Because you know what? There's a girl, there's a young boy with five loaves of bread and two fish. And we would have missed it in our generation. Because they just get get to church now, you know. At least the service is going to be quiet. David died when he stopped serving the purposes of God in his own generation. And then I want to end off with this. And you see this in Africa, but you don't see this in the Western world. A Bible, in a bad condition, speaks of a life in good condition. True, hey? Now, can I tell you something? Your cell phone will never have the honor to be in a bad condition because you trade it in every second year for a new contract. And you say, but Naudine, I am keeping journal. I am doing this and this and that on my cell phone. I know, but then you throw it away or it lies around. You give it to someone else. Are you going to be able to go back in five years' time to see, now I'm trusting God for something, but now I see God has spoken to me last year about it and the previous year and the year before that. Now I'm realizing, going through all my old journals, for the last five years, God has been speaking to me about one specific thing, but, and, I'm, and I'm talking about my own personal life here, but only about a week ago, somebody flew down to Cape Town and made an appointment with me and said, can I see you? I would like to have a meeting with you, and I was very reluctant I said, yeah, and then I thought, oh Lord, do I do this? Don't I do this? Please speak to me. And one morning in my quiet time, I just took out my old journals. I'm like, oh my goodness, 2000, 2002, 2003. I've been trusting God for this. I forgot about this. I've got no memory. Wow, Lord, 20 years later, God is faithful to the promises he makes to us. The woman who suffered with the issue of blood. Another favorite of my story of mine. There's a crowd of people. All of you walk. Henny leads the crowd. Rochelle comes with Ethan. Okay, here they go down the street. you praying and you going to a carnival. And all of a sudden, there's a lady in your church that suffered with the issue of blood. You've You've prayed for her. You've counseled her. You've asked her to make peace with it. And Jesus stopped and said, wait, something happened. Something. Who was this? I mean, obviously, he knew who it was. I think that's, that's an ordean's version of it, and I'm going to scream very loud now, so prepare your ears. I think Jesus stopped because everybody touched him. I mean, everybody chatted with him. He was sort of, a, you know, the man of the moment. I think in the spiritual atmosphere, the following was heard. for your righteousness. Jesus, I'm hungry for your presence. Jesus, all I want to do is touch your rope. I just want to be close to you, Jesus. I just want to be in your presence. But the rest of them were like us. We forget who Jesus is and that he changes our lives. So I want to beg you today, Get up. Wake your alarm clock up. Every morning you're going to get up at five. You go, "Hmm." you normally go off at seven. Seven o'clock, I'll check you again. Don't miss the purposes of God for your life, for your generation. What God wants to do in this church, in your life, is beyond It's beyond what we can think of. God says, it's something God has been speaking to me the first day we arrived here. There's a scripture that says, God's, the boundary places have fallen for you in lovely, boundary lines have fallen for you in lovely places. Now, I grew up on a farm, as I mentioned before. It is a criminal offense if you move a boundary line. You're not allowed to. And God says for this church, my boundary lines have fallen in lovely places for you. Don't go move it. Don't go move those boundary lines. Just to give you insight, the ocean God created, and there was a boundary line. He said, ocean, this far and no further. Nobody can go move those boundary lines, but we as Christians often want to move those boundary lines. Like the disciples, oh no, Jesus, let them just <laughs> go buy food. By the way, where did they get the 12 baskets? Do you know? Huh? remember Jesus fed the crowd? And they filled 12 baskets again. Henny can help you with that. Henny will close the service for us.
1: <laughs> um Okay, Nadine says the baskets belong to the disciples. The 12 disciples, 12 baskets. Um, but I hope you guys are encouraged. I mean, I, I love the way Nadine shared this, but in a, in a very simple way, just reminding us how important the Word of God is. You know, um, how, how many of you sometimes still struggle with sin? Huh? David says, I've hidden my word in your heart that I might not sin against you. So often we try and do all kinds of other fancy things and new techniques, and we try this and try that because we're frustrated with ourselves. Because we, don't. it's as simple as that. I've hidden my word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I mean, so so many other problems that we face. The word of God applied to our hearts by the Spirit of God is the solution. It's it's really that simple, you know. If I know, and we were talking about it on, on Tuesday at Bible school, if I can teach my children to read the word, to understand it correctly, and to apply it consistently, all of the word, then I've taught them everything I need to teach them. Then there's nothing they're going to miss. There's no blessing from God that they're going to miss. Because everything that we're supposed to do is in the word. Everything that we're supposed to uh, do to be disciples of Jesus Christ is in the word. Everything that we're supposed to do to please God is in the word. Everything that we're supposed to do to, to live fulfilled lives that glorify God its in the word. So let's be reminded of that. The Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth, and, and let's really live it out. But the only way we're going to do that is, like Nodin said, if we develop the habit, not just doing something. You know, something that you do over and over again, it becomes a habit, and then it's hard to break. I heard one guy speaking a, a while back on, on a podcast. Uh, he says there are certain, what he calls, um, what do they call them? Um, key, keystone habits or something like that. Key habits which have a disproportionate effect on your life. And they determine everything else. Well, I want to submit to you that what Nadine was talking about this morning is a keystone habit, a cornerstone habit. If you have that habit of daily reading the word of God and meditating on it, then all the other right habits are going to fall in place. Eventually, because the Word of God will address them and establish them in your life. Do you have that cornerstone habit of regularly, daily, allowing God through His inspired Word to speak into your heart and meditating on it and living by it? Do you have that? Is it a habit in your life? I'm sure every single one of us would want to say, I want to be more consistent in that. And if that's you this morning, I just want you to stand. I'm not even going to ask you to come forward or so. But if you want a more consistent habit of reading God's word, feeding on God's word, and, and living God's word, we're just going to ask God for that now. Just, just close your eyes and, and in your own words, just ask God for that. Say, God, I, I, I really want that. I, I realize I need it and I want it. I just feel the Lord lying on my heart that... Um, one of the reasons some of us struggle to to read the Word regularly is because we're not that excited about it. Because we see it primarily as an instruction manual, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong of you know using the instruction manual as a as a metaphor for the Word of God, because there are definitely instructions in it. But it, but it's so much more than just an instruction manual, right? our approach to Scripture should be a lot more like reading a love letter, like Nadine was saying. We, we We must not forget who has written this word to us, who is speaking this word to us. It's a God who loved us so much that He was willing to die for us. It's a God who is so excited about us that He... Tore literally tore open the heavens and came down and became one of us so that he could speak to us, so he could tell us not only what this word means, but so he could live a life that shows us what this means, what this word means, and what the results of living this word is. It was, it was. It's, a, it's a, in a sense, metaphorically, a love letter ri- written by the, the being in the universe that loves us most. There's no one who loves you as much as God loves you. There's no one who has ever loved you as much as God has loved you. There's no one who is capable of loving you as much as God loves you. And it is that God... That Jesus, that Holy Spirit, who gives us his word. And that by his love invites us to come and feed on it. And to become like him. Yes, Lord God, we just want to come before you in Jesus' name and we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you, Lord, that that you loved us that much, Lord God. Thank you that you are love. And that everything you do and say is out of love for us. That that your love for us motivates you in everything. And even in your giving of your word, you're motivated by your love. And we're sorry that we so often take this gift of love and put it on our bedside table and forget about it. And that we don't open it like a love letter and read it and savor it. Savor every word and allow it to touch our hearts. I just feel the Lord also saying that there are so many of us who, who often think to ourselves, I'd, I'd like to love God more. I want to love Him more. And, and the Lord is just wanting to remind us this morning, as John, 1 John 4 says, we love Him because He first loved us. We love Him because He first loved us. And in fact, the greater our revelation... I mean, just just a little bit before that, John, the beloved disciple, he says, For we have known and believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God in Him. We have known and believed the love. And it's through His Word that we know and through His Spirit that we believe the love that God has for us. If you want to to love God more, allow God to tell you through His Word how much He loves you. We love Him because He first loved us. All those things that you so desperately desire God to do in your life, He's going to do through His Word, through His Spirit.